0: Hello there. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. As we announced Roger Hill, meteorologist for uh, Radio Vermont and a, uh, has a blog, Weathering Heights. Roger, welcome to my show. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, Pat. Good to talk with you.
0: Good. Thank you. Listen, I checked out Weathering Heights. What a fabulous blog. The pictures are amazing. My husband is sort of a weather follower. And so I'm sure he's going to be glued to that. That's amazing. You do oh, a great job. Oh, thanks very
1: much. I have a lot of updated links that I need to fix. It's it's really kind of in shambles right now. But uh, yeah. the main the main stuff that I put on there is, of course, the forecast. And yeah. you can go back, um, you know, and see each forecast and how each period might have evolved and, and this and that and the other things. So it's I appreciate great. the... Uh, the knot uh, the of the hat. Though. Oh,
0: I I was I'm going to be a fan because it the pictures are just spectacular, um. So it's a great blog. My husband has years and years of calendars with the with each day marked what the weather was. No problem yeah. here, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, there's a lot of markings. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly.
0: We <laughs> used to follow um, uh, anyway. Sharon. Anyway, so listen, you took a group of folks from this area, on a 14-day excursion to Antarctica, which I must say is not someplace until I started doing research for this show about where I would go. But how fascinating. How did this all come about?
1: Well, this came about, really, uh, I was asked, uh, Milne Travel, um, uh, Scott Milne, uh, he offered uh, a trip for folks that might want to work through Radio Vermont, and um, uh, Steve Cormier um, of course, Corm said, hey, Roger Hill would be the perfect one for this. And he says, hey, would you like to go to Antarctica? And I said, sure. (laughs) So that's basically how it came about. And, of course, I'm interested in the climatology and uh, climate science side of uh, things, uh, uh, dealing with uh, the weather up here and being a weather hazards forecaster for uh, the utilities in the state of Vermont. And so um, I'm kind of front and center, sort of in the trenches, fighting the wars that I see and whatnot. And. On climate change, I, I definitely wanted to see what's going down, uh, you know, well down under, shall we say. But uh, it was an incredible trip. It was super fun. The people who signed up to go are the Vermonters who came in. Uh, they're all, course, related to Radio Vermont Group. Um, there was one or two that weren't, but uh, most of them. Um, one of them is out in Hawaii, uh, for oh. example, who listens live stream, who visits in summer. We call him uh, Aloha Dave. And uh we have just a the gamut of people, you know, and uh we had a great time and we would pretty much uh co opt a uh a dinner table and part of the ship for the dining room there and we'd pretty much stick together and uh and do things and, and talk about stuff and just a wonderful time with a really excellent group of people. It's like you just don't know, none of us really knew each other. Mm. So we all know each other now yeah. and uh, I guess, for good or, or for good or bad <laughs>
0: well i have to tell you, John Farnham called a uh, can 't come on the air because he 's on uh, traveling in his car, but yes. he wanted to say he was listening, and I know we had um, oh, I forget her name, and I apologize the woman from the library here in Waterbury uh, Judy Judy, yes, she came on and was so i mean she was as she was talking, she was getting all excited about the great trip she had and I read that the Antarctica is crucial. this is a quote. And I said, that's why he went, is crucial for global warming as it has 70 percent of the world's fresh water and 90 percent of the world's ice. I mean, you must have felt you died and went to heaven.
1: Well, I mean, so the, the cruise is pretty, pretty cushy, uh, <laughs> but it is an expedition. Yeah. And on our cruise, um, there was another, for example, there was a princess cruise, one of the bigger ships. Mm. And I don't believe they had any excursions and they did zero expeditions. Oh. So, uh, the, the, the cruise that we went on, the Atlas cruise line, uh, you're pretty active and you're doing stuff every day constantly. And when you're not out and about, you know, uh, on, on the ice or on the snow looking at penguins or, or in the zodiac uh, looking at uh, whales and different ice configurations and this and that and the other thing. Uh, you're basically watching some of the guides, the expert uh, testimony uh, from science, from people who are involved in, you know, uh, whale biology, for example. Right. Or all kinds of the gamuts, you know. Uh, so it was a pretty tremendous um, experience, and I would recommend anybody to do that and go out there and see it for themselves. The other thing, of course, we were told, uh, a lot of the experts we saw different kind of penguins um, that's what Antarctica has they don't have polar bears for example <laughs> so it's mainly uh, aquatic life sea marine life uh, or what is on land is mainly the penguins and different kinds of bird life but uh, the the oceans are so rich with phytoplankton they produce krill and it's like a a buffet for all of the world's whales and uh, various uh, marine, you know, aquatic wildlife. And uh, re- very, very rich, extremely rich, and of course the part of Antarctica that we went to has these giant mountains, a uh, very big mountain range. Uh, huh. It's kind of an extension of the Andes mountains, which kind of go all the way south. You know, uh, these are this is a giant mountain range and it, it basically goes south to the southern tip of South America Makes a little bit of a tectonic plate turn, kind of like toward the Falkland Islands, and then kind of cuts back, and that is what the West Antarctic Peninsula is. That West Antarctic Peninsula is um, is a basically uh, a bunch of mountains in a line that goes in the, all of the sort of the western portion of Antarctica. If you look at Antarctica, of course, it's uh, the South Pole, right? Right. But uh, the, much of Antarctica is pretty boring. It's flat. You're t- on a two-mile-high glacier, and there's really no no features. It's just flat and desolate and super cold and super windy. But the, the part of Antarctica that we went to, of course, the coastal area, is where all the action is, and that's where it's really incredibly beautiful. And to get there, you have to go from the southern tip of uh, a, a port town called Ushuaia. is pretty much the jump-off place uh, to get to what, the West Antarctic Peninsula. And uh, then you have to cross the Drake Passage. The Drake Passage is the most notorious uh, crossing in the ocean on planet Earth. Because there's, they have storm after storm after storm. And of course, if you know any of the Magellan or, um, the earlier explorers had to cross south of Cape Horn and it's, uh, it's, it's a mighty beast and, uh, all of us experienced some of that beast, uh, day one going in and then day two things calmed down and then day one going back, uh, we hmm. got hit pretty good and day two things calmed down. So it's, uh, we got to experience it all, and it was a incredible, incredible trip. And I, I just want a tip of the hat to Scott Millen for putting it all together.
0: Yeah, well, mill travel is just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and to get every detail right, because if, I'm assuming you're so far away from home, if one thing goes wrong, um, that's probably a problem. So, uh, I've never heard, I've always heard their trips are fabulous. So kudos to them. I, on the Drake passage though, Roger, it says, my notes say, stormiest passage on the planet. I mean, so probably I'm thinking, not. however we explain it, you can't explain it, um, accurately, right? Or adequately. It must be terrible.
1: Yeah, the Barents Sea might come be next. You know, uh, it's sort of northern hemispheric equivalent uh, near the Aleutian Islands. Uh, but uh, boy, oh boy, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's storm after storm. And yeah. I had the opportunity to to do a little presentation forecast on the turnaround portion of the trip. And of course, I was watching everything, and it was. Right. A, a huge storm and of course it's summer in the southern hemisphere but they were still getting a storm that had like hurricane-force winds and uh, you know sea swells and sea waves that were you know in excess of 25 feet so um, it may affected it may have affected the next cruise after ours wow. and I was keeping my eyes on that and saying geez are we gonna have to leave a day earlier it turns out that the storm just waited just enough so we got all of our antarctic uh, excursions in and we got a ton of them in it was uh, and you know people who go on these trips are this is not your kind of leisurely cruise where you just kind of sit around and you know have dinner and and watch you know look out your window or watch movies you're out and about you're doing stuff this is very active kind of
0: stuff that's, that's really exciting um i was looking at the itinerary and um it just seemed every day there was something going on, and I'm glad you pronounced that Yushia. Is that how you Ushuaia. pronounce it? Ushuaia, Thank you, because you flew from Burlington to Buenos Aires, uh, yeah. and then. Um, got a private plane to Ushara, and then you bur- and I, the ship's name is, I think, the World Navigator. Was that it correct? It is the World okay.
1: Navigator. Um, Atlas. Uh, they they choose to do a lot of um, expeditionary kind of stuff. They like go to Greenland, for example. They also do the Mediterranean and, and the regular type right. cruises you hear about. But uh, it's the kind of <laughs> ship that's small enough that can get in. Um, you know, into the deeper channels or the more shallower channels, if you will. But it's still a very big cruise ship. And, uh, of course, the food and the drinks are I incredible.
0: I bet, yeah. I, uh, I They had a laundry list of what's free that goes along with the uh, trip, and I won't read it, but it's like good grief. It's Everything's free. It's just fabulous. So it really is. Um, you
1: can get room service uh, if you yeah. need it. So never – Opted for that, but uh, 24 hours a day—it's insane.
0: That's great. I um I saw the pictures on the website of of the um, the rooms in the World Navigator, and they look spectacular. Um, I also found a list of things that are unique to Antarctica, uh, besides being the fifth largest continent. But the largest mammal ever lives there—the blue whale, which I'm sure we've all heard of. But they also talked about the aurora australias could you yes, explain and, to us what that is
1: yeah it's the so we heard of the northern lights Yep, aurora borealis is around here and on occasion we'll see that here at our latitude but it's mostly a lot more common further up to the north of us but uh they of course they have the same thing ongoing whenever there's a uh, a solar flare or a coronal mass ejection um it causes this, uh, ex- exciting, excitement of the ionosphere, which then you see the, uh, lit up in the, in the northern lights or the southern lights. Well, they get the southern lights down there. Now, it happened to be that we're in there summer, so the dark time is really never completely 100% dark. It's, uh, kind of twilight because hmm. we were, um, you know, in the most southern latitudes. I think we got down to 64 south, uh, 64.5. Oh something, wow! Almost to the Antarctic Circle, which is like 65 and change. <clears throat> and uh, of course, also it was summer, so we had this, the longest days, um, and of course the warmest weather to accompany that. Uh, temperatures are kind of averaging about 32 to 34. Oh, so in that not area, bad. And there was a couple days there that temperatures were like in the uh, low 40s uh, when we were doing some of the hiking, and we had to kind of uh, you know take off our uh, Jackets and things, and, and, and loosen up a little cool. bit, to, uh, because it was so warm. But um, at night times, we're down, and there was a couple nighttime temperatures I saw. Right. Basically, they were in the 20s and maybe even the upper teens. But for the most part, um, it was very comfortable. And of course, coming from winter, Vermonters were right. all kind of a, you know adapted to our winter. So Buenos Aires is probably a little more of a, a problem. Um, because it was full summer, and the temperatures were basically in the upper 80s and low 90s.
0: I'd love to see their recommendations for um, Big on on Clothes, uh, what to bring on a trip like that. Um, Roger, I wanted to ask you, I I read that um, the fastest underwater penguins are there, and they're called the Gentoo penguins. And I went to Alaska waiting to see penguins, and I don't know whether it was the time of year, but they were, like, not colorful. And I've always envisioned penguins as being starkly black and white with some coloring. And I saw pictures of the Gentoo. Were they, um, were they cool to see? There must be a million of them.
1: Oh, yeah. They're, they're pretty amazing. Um, the ones I remember, I think the Gentoo, I think they're oh, pronounced Gentoo. Gentoo Thank um, you. Penguins were the first group of penguins we saw. And... It's quite amazing. They they walk. Um, they come on land and to 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 breed and and have their chicks. They have to go to a particular place, and and then uh, to feed, they have to continue to walk back to the coast and and then jump in the ocean and and then uh, chow down on their on their fish. Right, the krill is basically what they eat, and. They make these little highways, and they're they're hilarious to watch. And also, they, they seem to have a little bit of a comical personality.
0: Yeah, well, the way um, they walk alone is funny. Well, they, they walk up in
1: pairs, but the 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 interstate highway, um, which by the way is marked by their defecation, uh, and <laughs> nice. it, it does have a smell to it. It smells like krill. <laughs> um, but they walk up to their, their uh, area. The, the other ones that are walking down that need to eat, um, boy, don't get in the way. It's kind of like what you might see uh, you know, in the U.S. where uh, you're going to be <laughs> – you're going to be uh in a fight or something there's going to be uh you know nastiness uh because they the ones that are walking down need to go eat and they want to get to the ocean huh. the ones that are walking up don't want the ones walking down so they have like two sort of separate highways if you will and they come in pairs and when the two uh, confront each other they get into a little bit of a nasty row it lasts huh. for about 10 seconds and then uh it's pretty funny to watch though <laughs> and uh, there the adeline uh, the Adeline. uh Penguins are uh, pretty amazing. And all of these penguins, by the way, they have no predators in Antarctica. So if you're standing and one walks by, they get up sometimes, you know, 10 feet away from you without any trouble. They're not that afraid of you, but they kind of know better not to get any closer than that. And uh, they're, they're very comical. That's my thing. And they swim underwater. And they do this sort of porpoising thing. And you see these little things you can't really tell what they are you think maybe they're fish but they're actually penguins and they're all over the place you see them
0: so is their color bright or are they gray like in alaska
1: well alaska doesn't have any penguins um so they're only in the southern i could be wrong about that but the southern hemisphere i believe is the only place that has penguins and that would include like the falkland islands there may be some kind of a group of penguins that might be in the northern hemisphere, but I'm not yeah. real clear on that. Yeah, so. we
0: went to I, – I think there is because that's why – but I was so disappointed in the color. There was an island off of uh, where we were staying. I went on a conference. It was a tough conference to go to, but I did it. Went to Alaska. And they had penguins, but they were not the color that you that you think of.
2: Black and white.
0: Yeah, typically. and it was like gray. Anyway, uh, we have David from Richmond on the phone to talk to you. Roger, David, go ahead.
2: Good morning, Roger. Thank you for your service that you do to the Vermont community. Your weather forecasts are great. Uh, several questions, I'll ask them one at a time. Um, as your, uh, uh, your cyclonic weather down there is anti-cyclonic, did you have to make any kind of a personal adjustment to look in a different direction to see what the weather was going to be? Was that a factor at all?
1: Um uh, 100%. I, I've looked at the southern hemispheric. Uh, everything's backwards. Or <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> well, yeah. to them, it's backwards up here, right? So, yeah, yeah everything moves uh, uh, clockwise in the areas of low pressure. So you have to, like a southwesterly wind might sound like a warm wind for us well for there yeah. it's the cold air advection side it's the it's like what a northwest wind is for us we're driving in colder air which by the way what we're what going to see kind tomorrow uh what so kind of an yeah working with that, that, that definitely is, uh, it's a little bit of a different thing but you do get used to it once you start seeing the storms line up and uh it's the same meteorology only a little bit inverted huh. david Quite go the, ahead
2: uh, basic adjustment for you when when, when that happened absolutely we were down while you were down there, there was a volcano, uh, volcanic eruption. Did you happen to see that? Um, i got to tell you, there was
1: one time, uh, this uh, kind of spurs me, we saw a little bit of uh, sort of a, a, a co- the color of what would have might have been an orangey tint to the horizon and the mountains in the distance. And we were trying to figure out what that was. I was thinking, Jesus, is that part of the Chilean forest fires that were also taking place? And that might have – some of that air might have – a pocket of it might have gotten into one part of uh, West Antarctica. That was probably likely. But uh, do you know where that volcanic eruption was?
2: I don't, but it was while you were down there. Huh. And, uh, yeah. Then I was was wondering whether you saw it or
1: not. Oh, I can't, I'm blanking on the name of it, but it's something that we didn't see. There was a volcano, uh, near the Ross Sea, but that's on the other side of the Antarctic, (laughs) West Antarctic (laughs) Peninsula from, from where we were. And then there's also a volcano that occasionally, uh, erupts, um, at Desolation Island, which has got some real spooky stuff about that. (laughs) But, uh, uh, Desolation Island, I think, is also um, the other volcano that I know of right now. And that's in the Shetland Islands, which is just a set of islands just a little bit north of the West Antarctic Peninsula.
2: Okay. Now, uh, did you ever see the night sky while you were down there? Did you see the Southern Cross? Were there different no, constellations down there? It was too, it was
1: too bright. And I guess during the time that the sun set and rose, uh, it was kind of twilightish. Um, But I never did see that. Part of the time, there was cloud cover as well. Um, A lot of the days were kind of partly to mostly cloudy, I would say. And they say most of the time, there's a lot of cloud cover. So we kind of hit everything. We kind of really lucked out um, when we were down there. But not everybody does when they're doing the excursions down there in West Antarctic Peninsula.
2: I, I was waiting every day for uh, an on scene report from you. Do they have cell phone service <laughs> down there or no? It's hard because well,
1: the internet is a little bit shaky. Um, I could have called in. I probably should have, but you're you're That's busy. Um, you, you know yeah. <laughs> they're announcing. You know, uh, group four, get in your dry suits and you're getting ready for sea kayaking and you know there's scheduling is a little bit more difficult than you might think because you're so busy because it is a it's pretty active this is for active people i mean this yeah. is for people who are hiking and this kind of thing and the group that we went in with uh, were generally older folks about my age which i'm uh, 69 and um there was a few people older than me and a and a few people younger than me and that was the kind of the age group but uh we were all very active and very much into photography, taking tons and tons and tons of pictures. And, uh, boy, some of the, you know, just to see how thick the glaciers are. And then also we heard quite a bit of avalanches. We, heard, we had a little bit of one day we had some wet snow, and the wet snow was really weighing on some of the higher um, elevations. And you could hear them in the distance, but you could never see them. Uh, one person said they did get a glimpse of something that looked like there was some avalanche uh, debris rising in the air kind of thing. But it sounds like thunder. It's crazy.
0: Roger, you mentioned Shetland Islands, and that's you've spent a day there a couple of days into the trip um, before you get to Antarctica. What is the south, south Shetland Islands? Can't even say it.
1: Well, they look a whole lot like West Antarctica. so. There are pretty high peaks, mountain peaks, and, of course, even before you – okay, so you're crossing the Drake uh, Passage, and you're going through the, the high winds and whatnot. You, once you get into about uh, maybe a third, uh, maybe half of the way out um, – now it's probably further than that, three-quarters of the way, something like that – uh, you're starting to see icebergs. And these are not just like little icebergs. They're like the size of uh where there was one, the first one that I saw, it looked like the Arizona Memorial. If anyone knows what huh. that looks like, that's the uh, where the Arizona and Pearl Harbor right. uh, went down and they made a memorial, and the sides of the memorial are a little higher on each end with a little bit of a sl- a minor dip in the middle, right? So, this looked like a general, uh, gigantic version of that. And of course, it was probably the size of Montpelier. (laughs) And, uh, and you're looking at these icebergs that are just unbelievable, huge. And of course, they're very deep. They say you only see about the top, uh, something like one-eighth or ninth or something of the, you know, the iceberg, and the rest of it is down below. So the ships have to navigate through this to, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a very dangerous situation, and like you had mentioned earlier, there's not um, – let's say there is a problem. Uh, there's, you're not going to be rescued anytime soon. There are no huh. rescue stations anywhere close by, so it's way out there. Um, but you're seeing these icebergs, and, and uh, they get become more and more numerous. Um, but the South Shetland Islands start to show up, and that was the first place we went to um, I forget the name of it, but they have a a lot of these research stations, and um, it you, it's hard to tell the difference, let's put it this way, between the islands and the adjacent West Antarctic Peninsula. They both look the same, but we went through this one of the more um, it, probably the most interesting Passage was in this very narrow channel that was only about a half a mile, three quarters of a mile wide, uh, where you had, I'm going to say three, four, five thousand foot mountains on either side of you, almost direct cliffs with giant, giant glaciers. And, uh, this is amazing to see and just the most picturesque thing. Um, I've been up into Alaska and I've seen the glaciers there, but this was Way, way over the top compared to what I saw in Alaska.
0: Yeah, I was um, very surprised to see the pictures of the mountains. When you say Antarctica to me, I see flat, just almost like a a white desert of sorts. Correct. Uh, Yeah, and and obviously there are no people that live there, so there's no um, hotels or or places, restaurants. It's just... um, uh, scientific stations I would think from different countries.
1: That's right and most of Antarctica is like that but the West Antarctic huh. Peninsula is the only uh, sort of difference in that yeah That's it's funny. like a, a, there's no insects there's no wildlife there's nothing there's Ooh, no humans. There's an attraction the research station. So no insects
0: yeah. That's, we like that no insects uh, Roger we've got a caller Liz from Waltham. Liz you're on the air with Roger right, Hill. Liz. <laughs> oh well good morning um Roger, you just, this is
3: Liz from Waltham, as you just said, and I and my husband Tim were nice. one of the crew with Roger that went on this incredible adventure. And, um, listening to you, Roger, this morning, it's like you're just bringing it all back and, and beautifully said and beautifully explained. And the only thing I think that I could add to this, um, is really remarkable and almost surreal. Venture that we all went on, and of course it was wonderful being with Vermonters, um, was the astonishing fact that we were actually visiting a continent that we humans haven't, and I'll huh. say as yet, exploited. And <laughs> it continually amazed me that there is something on this planet that we have actually, for the most part, Left alone, and Roger, you can speak more to the treaties and the agreements among the nations that have allowed it to be so. And the other, um, you did bring up this point, Roger. Um, we saw, uh, as we were traveling in the at- on the on our boat, another one of those ginormous boats. Uh, as you kind of referenced, Roger, the princess. And I had the um, good fortune of talking to an individual in the Buenos Aires airport when we were flying home. This individual had been on one of those ginormous um, cruise ships, and he never got to step foot on the continent. Huh. All, they, all of those folks on that ship just were – they were not allowed on land, and that, that too, is an agreement – That's been established when tourists go to uh, Antarctica. And what he was so taken, he was over the moon with how beautiful and incredible his vacation was, but he repeatedly said to me, I missed something. And my take, and you know, I don't, I can't interpret what he was thinking, but my take is, you know, this fellow never stepped on the continent. And um, I couldn't be more grateful that we were on a ship that had less than 200 people, and this ship was all about getting us right there, you know, st- standing with the penguins and <clears throat> um, in the Zodiacs, up close and personal with the leopard uh, seals and the wendels and um the incredible wildlife that's just huge and tremendous there.
1: Awesome.
4: Um,
3: you know, it, it got to be more experiential, like being in the environment than staying right on the ship.
1: And, oh, no uh, doubt. And, you yeah. know, I, it's hard to describe. I'm trying to think of, uh, you, you felt kind of like you're on a Jacques Cousteau kind of expedition <laughs> yeah. or something
4: yeah. in the
1: Zodiacs. And yeah. it, uh, um you know, um, those people that were on those big ships, uh, they, don't do, they don't get to do that. And yeah. there's a, also a very super spiritual kind of nature to it. This is a, a giant continent that has not been messed up by man, by humankind. Uh, unfortunately, we're messing it up with uh, climate change um, around the edges. But uh, this, is, this is still intact, and it's, it's not messed with because it's so hard to get to. And it's so extremely wild and so extremely dangerous.
0: So Liz mentioned that the the larger ship wasn't allowed to get off because of agreements. Um, they don't want footprints. They don't want d- destruction of this continent. Is that the reason, or what's the well, reason, you think?
1: for example, um, before you can even get in the Zodiacs um, to go to land, they um, they vacuum. You have to go through this process of... Micro, uh, they call it uh, biological security. Huh. And they're very serious about it. they got rules. You can't, your boots are washed. They have these like uh, car wash things that you put your boot in and it washes your boots because they don't want to contaminate uh, from South America or any other, you know, uh, land north of Antarctica. So you have to go through this uh, this effort to... Not leave anything behind that could mess up, uh, you know, kill a penguin colony, for right. example, or uh, the extreme phytoplankton of uh, the, in the krill that uh, that all the whales and the, and the penguins live off of. So this is uh, uh, untamed. Um, uh, it's like going back maybe 200 years, you know, kind of stuff, uh, and you're 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 in a, in the deep ex- exploration mode. And they see to it that you're not gonna mess anything up and they have to abide by these treaties. They can only have a, a fixed amount of people on Antarctica at one time, period.
0: Huh. What a privilege. That's the word that's coming to mind. Absolutely. That you that you had that um that experience. Liz, thank you for calling. I really appreciate it. Thanks Liz. Uh, it,
3: yeah, and- well it was it was beyond <laughs> It sounds it. Thank Thank you.
0: Thank you, you, Roger. Uh, Roger, we have another caller, Michelle from Worcester. Uh, Michelle, you're on the air with Roger.
1: That's my better half.
0: Oh, hi, Michelle. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello.
4: I'm uh, actually babysitting two little girls this morning, so if you hear some screaming or or shrieking, I'll have to hang up. But uh, but, uh, when Liz mentioned how we got up close and personal in Antarctica – Um, You know, with the environment, one thing she did not mention was the penguin plunge, meaning that us crazy tourists (laughs) got into our bathing suits and um, the people on the ship, the people running the ship run a very safe program. They let you jump in the water as long as you have a rope tied around your waist. And Roger and I did it and it was actually fun. Well they just had the penguin
0: penguin plunge up here in Burlington so uh you're you're yeah, right in yeah. time that's so cool oh that's too cold for me i read that there's two <laughs> seasons in antarctica summer and winter and there's no introduction like we have here and in winter it gets where's my notes minus 12.8 fahrenheit that is really cold mhm so yep bless well, you we didn't have
4: we didn't have that we had well the water temperature was probably about 30 degrees or so but we were in and out really quick, and then they gave us a warm a warm drink, and uh, all was good.
0: What an experience. Thank you very much, Michelle. That's great. Okay. Roger, we cannot leave the show without talking about climate change, because when we went up to Alaska, and that was quite a few years ago, they kept talking about the disappearing glaciers, the trouble the polar bears were having with no ice floats to, um, to move around on. Um, what did you see when you were down there?
1: Well, not having a base of reference. Ah. Um, uh, we were told by the guides and the experts and the, the people who were uh, giving lectures and whatnot that it was changing, but, uh, you know, we're mm-hmm. there for the first time, yep. so you're not really seeing the changes, but you're you're experiencing something that you can tell that's, uh, you know, in a metamorphosis, and uh, the... the Those penguins that um, you talked about, the ones that are most colorful, they're the emperor penguins. We didn't get to see those. They're a little bit further south, up sort of the chain of West Antarctica there. And those are the ones that are going to be in most in trouble due to climate change because uh, they've already had some colonies that have completely collapsed. And the reason for them is the timing of the climate where they really depend on um, sea ice to hatch their chicklings, and if the sea ice is gone uh, a little bit too soon, it messes up their whole schedule, and that's how their you know, evolutionary uh, biology uh, developed, where they have to have this particular ice to, to have um, their chicks hatch, and already there's been a collapse of some of the <laughs> emperor penguins due to uh, marine heat waves that have taken place where the ice has gone too quickly. And we did hear a lot about that from some of the guides and experts. Um, they had a discussion, you know, uh, about the, the changes, and it's grim. I'm not going to sugarcoat right. anything here. Uh, it's a very, very grim situation.
0: So I was envisioning that because I know you talk to groups about climate change. Are you going to incorporate pictures and stories from this trip to um, to talk about with folks as you're as you're uh, trying to educate them on what's happening?
1: Sure. I mean. Uh, like I say, it's hard to look at pictures and see glaciers and then see ice and right. well, one of the things that's happening is a lot of the pack ice is uh, right. um, is in some locations was disappearing, huh. and the t- just by experience, maybe the temperature is being closer to forty degrees and say thirty two on one of the hikes that we took is kind of a um, a bit of the uh, you know, you're seeing part of that change in the climate. The interesting thing is that when where the temperatures are close to 32 degrees, um, you're going to have more more snow. And sometimes there's too much snow uh, where they haven't had that much snow. Um, up on the on the Arctic, uh, the Antarctic uh, ice or whatever uh, plateau, um, it's very dry. It's like a desert. It's like a desert. There's very little precipitation. But, uh, near the coast, there's a lot of precipitation. So if you get too much wet snow, it plays with all the emperor penguin colonies mm. and, and certainly all the other penguin colonies. And then it, eventually it does affect the krill and this is the, you know, the lifeblood of what the marine biology is, uh, is using for food.
0: Right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward, uh, if you're going to be publishing those pictures, um, do you have? We only have a few minutes left, Roger. Is there any stories that you'd like to share with us? Maybe some experiences you and uh, the Vermonters had that uh, you'd want to share with us?
1: Well, just it was a really great group. Um, I can't. I, I guess, um, yeah, the amount of pictures everybody took. Um, <laughs> we were just constantly, you know, right? Trying to trying to use it for memories, and it, it, this is one of those kind of trips that. And there's many like this, uh, you know, that that certainly make you feel very small because things are so big and they grow on you as time goes on. So you experience it and you're kind of living in, you know, in the woods, if you will, and uh, to see the trees or whatever the saying goes <laughs>
4: right.
1: uh, backwards of that. Um, so as time goes on, this is kind of those memories are going to be elevated and not decrease.
0: Right. Well, I I just can't imagine the experience, and I can hear the excitement in your voice, um, so I know it was a great trip. Um, what I found fascinating it was that you had to look at things backwards. I had, would never have thought of such a thing. And we have a we have a call in from David from Richmond, and David, you're going to have to make this real fast because we only have a couple of minutes. Go ahead,
2: Mr. Roger, on the slopes of the Worcester Mountains. How many days have you gone below zero this winter? None. Whoa! None. How how unusual is that?
1: Uh, getting very unusual. Yes, very yeah. unusual, okay. and it's part of the yeah. same reason we're yeah. talking about climate change in the southern hemisphere.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Interesting. Yep. Thank you. Quick question and great question. That's interesting. So it's everywhere. It's the world, eh?
1: It is the world. It's uh, it's warming, and unfortunately, the new papers are coming out saying that it's warming. Uh, twice what uh, previous uh, climate science showed. So uh, it's a grim situation, and right. we've got to do something about it. But I, uh, I'm i going to leave it at that.
0: Well, yeah, and, I, and I'm always talking about the size of Vermont. If we did absolutely everything we could, and I've learned a lot just listening to people like you and others about things I can do personally, but I don't think we changed the needle much. It's some of the uh, bigger um, nations and, and not really – paying attention so yeah I'm,
1: that's that's kind of it. we need to actually uh, individually we can do some things but it, it really needs government action to right. really move the needle and we're not doing it
0: yeah no and i and i just feel because we're so tiny even though we have so many passionate people like yourself here um there's not much we can do as a state other than maybe set examples which is a good thing
1: yeah and but, we're on one big cruise ship though
0: yeah. <laughs> so you said there were a couple of hundred people on your ship. That's the size I'd like to go on. Yeah,
1: that, it, it's for expeditionary purposes, yeah. and it was almost one to one staff versus. Oh wow. Uh, uh, you know, cruisers as they call and, it. And
0: the, the people that helped you are they professional guides? They must work for the uh, cruise ship line.
1: Uh, these are like actual research scientists oh, that wow, make a deal, and so they're in their individual fields. Uh, Uh, But the the staff was uh, A-plus, top-notch.
0: Well, I want to thank you for doing the research. You know how it is on the Internet? I now have many ads coming on about taking a trip to Antarctica. So um, I'm sure that will be lasting for a while. They find you somehow. But uh, what an amazing trip. I can't wait to see the pictures. Um, Anything, uh, final words, Roger, that you want to leave folks with?
1: No, well, I would just say um, travel the world if you can see it um before it's too late.
0: There you go. And check out Withering Heights. It is an amazing blog uh done by Roger and um I thank you for that. That I'm fascinated by it. So Thanks gonna, a lot, Pat. I, no, seriously I'm g i am just was like, Whoa, it's how long has it been out there and I missed it. Shame on me. So um well we'll we'll hear from you soon again and um We're going to leave the show now. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Roger Hill, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure they all loved that you were on the ship with them. See you next. My pleasure. Thank you. See you next, oh, this coming Thursday, folks. See you this Thursday.